Do you watch much baseball? Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. So there's a big game today. The the Sox and the Cubs are going to mix it up. And it's going to be right here on on the score. And it's broadcast on Marquee, I believe. So the Sox don't broadcast much, right? I think they have a game maybe on Sunday they'll broadcast, but that's about it. Is that it? Well, they I don't know where one would watch, for instance, Mike Clevenger pitch tomorrow. I don't well, I don't know why don't, don't, one would don't watch. think that uh, yeah. I would want to watch that necessarily. Okay. I I don't So have... you think they're hiding. <laughs> I'll I'll watch the uh box score and see how we did. But today I'm excited yeah, because be Lucas Giolito Going for the Sox and the Cubs are on the midst or in the midst of a nine game winning streak and it's fun to see them winning these games even though they don't mean anything. You know what? They don't mean anything if you lose them. Let's say that. Yeah. If you're winning nine in a row, I think you can talk yourself into it meaning something. Justin wants an asterisk. That's fine. He can have his asterisk, whatever. Eight victories, nine victories. Well, it's either ten today whatever. or it's Dustin. Doesn't matter. These are semantics. But I think that when you have a team that comes back yesterday, for example, yesterday yes. mattered, right? So yes. they're down 5 nothing. They come roaring back. Our guy Trey Mancini, we're talking to him at 920. He hits a home run. Christopher Morrell, home run. Cubs come back. They do it off with offense. After, I think, the, the storyline of this spring training for the Cubs is look at that pitching. Yeah. Look at all that pitching, and you have a group and a staff that returns this year after the second half of last year. They were the third best staff in baseball, ERA wise. Yeah, I think their ERA was what two point nine or two point eight nine, and only the Astros and the Dodgers were better in the second half of the season. They got better at pitching. They got better at defense. They're going to be a team that relies heavily on both. They've got a ton of good young pitching, which explains why they're able to get a no-hitter with seven different guys contributing. They're able to win all these consecutive games, whatever the number you pick. And uh, it's because they are getting a lot out of their young pitching. And those guys are all in competition with each other to find a a spot on the major league team. And we talked to Tommy Hadave about that. The other day, and he completely agreed with the idea that they are. They're giving their best because they're, you know, trying to make a damn team, man. And that's competitiveness that really yes. brings out the best in everyone. And so you have what I also like about this Cub group is that this year there is that expectation that they're going to pitch well. There is the expectation that they're going to be good defensively. And there are veterans that they've added to the group that really expect to win. This isn't going to be something that catches anybody by surprise if they're, say, 39 and 31 in the first 70 games. The way they ended last year, everyone was like, wow, did you see that? They didn't know that was coming. What, what's up with the Cubs? This year, frankly, if they start that way, it might be slightly better than people expect, but there is this expectation because of the veterans you brought. They're not going to be surprised. They come from winning organizations. Their pedigree is such that they expect to come here and succeed. Well, I think given the rule changes and given everything that has happened uh, thus far, they've built this team with a, a defensive mindset, right? So they got all the young pitchers. They got great 
and they got significantly better up the middle by signing Dansby Swanson, by moving Nico Horner to second base, by bringing in Cody Bellinger. It just feels like they are very much aware of of how they want to win. They want to get the ball in play and have their defense take over. And, you know, I don't know. We keep – and it'll be fun to talk to Trey Mancini because I think he might be one of the answers. We keep talking about where the power is coming from. And that's a guy who, you know, once hit 35 home runs in a year. So I'm not saying that's going to be how he delivers, but I think they, they believe that he can help them with the power outage. He looked pretty easy yesterday Shortage. swinging that yeah. swinging the bat and hitting that home run. That looked very natural. Yeah, he's one of those guys, too, that also will get a chance to uh, play in right field as they wait for, say, a Suzuki to get healthy. That's been the biggest setback, if there is one, in spring training. His – Ab, uh, oblique strain, uh, abdominal issues, those are not good things for his season. But they do have some depth, so let's wait and see. You certainly don't want to go into the season that way, but they, they at least have some guys early on they'll take a longer look at and maybe play in different roles. So that's the Cubs. The White Sox, I think that there's a lot of optimism around the White Sox. And I'm trying to – well, the, the deep sigh is because you had a you had a, a moment there like uh, like uh, Brian Baldinger. I did. I had a I had a Baldy pause. moment. Yeah. I had I had a Molly moment too of frustration because my first reaction to the White Sox is okay, uh, deep breaths because you want to be fair right. and you want to be positive because they haven't done anything this year to disappoint us on the field yet. So it's so condi- you're so conditioned though to be yeah. expecting things from the Sox that are not up to expectations, or then to be deflating in some ways. So I want to be fair because Pedro Gafol has set the right tone, and there is an, uh, an increased energy level, there's an attention to detail, and there's an emphasis on fundamentals that they needed to have that has been lacking. Yeah, I think all that is true. I, I'm not sure what to expect from the Sox. I'm just not sure what to expect from the Sox. I think that you know we were worried about um, – Right field, second base, the, the pitching, and uh, backup catcher. And we pretty much feel comfortable with all but one of those things, I would imagine. I mean, I'd, I'm not saying we feel terribly comfortable with who they've chosen to be the fifth starter, but they do have five starters. Um, Oscar Colas looks like a guy that's going to contribute in right field, left-handed bat, something they've need for, needed for a long time. And um, and obviously Elvis Andrews, you know, if you're good enough to be a shortstop, you're going to be able to play. That's he made a nice play there the other day. Yeah, he looked shortstop, like he looked the, the hardest part. position on the field, yeah. and moving to second base for a guy like him, I don't think there's going to be any issue at all. Honestly, and, and he turned thought. two from uh, Romy Gonzalez to Andrews to I think it was Andrew Vaughn had a nice little double play the other day. So there are signs that he's going to make a seamless transition. Oscar Colas looks the part opening day right fielder. Don't mess around White Sox. Get him in early and use him often. He's 24. He's not your typical young prospect who's going to be wide-eyed at the experience. Yasmani Grandal is a, a curious one because, Molly, the stories are out. I think there was one in the Sun-Times or Sun-Times.com uh, last night where he's excited. He's healthy. He's committed to a lot of things that he needed to commit to, for instance. And I wonder, number one, how long he can stay healthy because that's related to number two. How many games will he play 
behind the plate because of the flexibility they need to have to, to within their lineup, and and you want to keep him fresh all season long. Well, I mean, he's learned to skate now, and um, <laughs> what? No, he That's worked right. out with the Blackhawks trainer. I look. You I should see his wrister. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I hope he has a good bounce back year. I think that um, they have not filled that position, so they obviously want him to do it, and they believe in him. And Sebi Zavala is back as the backup. Um, I don't know, David. I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that that this is going to be something that really works out for them. That all of the baseball changes, everything that's happened, he's going to be able to control all that without issue. You know, I hope that's the case. I hope so. Yeah. There's a stat in that story about Grandal that referenced Salvador Perez and the Royals. And that's where Pedro Grafol is coming from. You know the relationship that he has and and what, you know, his role was with, uh, with the catcher there and, and making him into a gold glover. I don't know if this is going to be the same with Grandal, but Sal Perez over the last, I think, six seasons – never caught more than 120 games. So is that the mark for Grandal? Is he going to be around 120? Do you want he's got to for for the Sox it's a to great question. get and the most out of doesn't yeah. he have to be more than 100? Uh I don't know, David. I mean, I I you know, when I think of Sebi Zavala, I think of him as a capable backup catcher. I don't think of him as a guy that needs to start 70 games. That's what you're asking. Yeah. And, and I I don't know you know, I think that's where you run into trouble. When you have guys that are decent players that are part of your program that you need to play once a week, and then all of a sudden you're playing them repeatedly and they, you know, there's a there's a hierarchy to the game. And there's a reason some guys are paid and other guys aren't. And, um, you know, I, I hope for the best, but I don't know that there is this like unbelievable ceiling for Sebi that that he's going to hit. I think he played as well as he could a year ago. Yeah, and he was pretty good. And I think but, I I wonder what happens when he's not catching. I so because know. you look at Perez, okay, and I, and I referenced this in 2021, he played in 160 games, but only 120 124 behind the plate, and he, they used him as right. a DH. Yep. So when you use Grandal as a DH, yes. what does that mean to Eloy Jimenez? Is he going to be in the outfield? Are those the times when he's going to play? That's a really good question. Left or right? But I, I would answer that I think that, you know, Grandal, if you're playing like a left hand, if you're trying to load up left handed bats, Grandal's either going to catch or he's going to play DH. And Aloy, I would like his bat in the lineup every day as a DH. That's how I look at it. But they'll, they'll spell him occasionally or they'll use him in the outfield. I. I don't want to see a lot of Aloy in right field. I don't either. Sure. And I'll say this again. If Aloy gets 500 or more at-bats, he'll hit 35 or more home runs. Okay, good. But I, th- I don't know how confident I feel in the 500 at-bats. I feel you – know, well, you're saying his health. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they want to use him like that. I just don't know if he'll be able to hold up because he's been injured every year. I, I got a kick out of the Sox approach to – I think it was Thursday's workout – letting different players work out at different positions to yeah. increase their versatility. Right. Andrew Vaughn taking ground balls at third base. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Gavin Sheets being in left field. That's I thought of you insane. when I was reading that and thinking, oh, my gosh, yeah. this is going to blow your mind.
Yeah, no, I I understand they're trying to have fun and to and keep everyone engaged and do all that stuff. I don't, I don't know that Andrew Vaughn at third is a good idea. I don't either. Yeah. Let's end on a positive note. How about Cuba? How about Team Cuba in the World Baseball Classic Five beating months. Panama thirteen yep. to four? I have recorded that game. Yo, oh, you want me to give you a spoiler please, alert? Please, I have no problem. Yo Mancada. Three hits, four runs batted in. Look at that. How about that? Justin keeps giving me updates on another strikeout for Luis Robert. Oh, he got thrown out at first. Like, he only will give me the negative. Mankata had a good game. You think, you think I walked in this morning and heard Dustin bragging about the good game Mankata had? No, I don't think so. No. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I'm Mr. No. Positive. Yeah. That's Midwest Haw. Thanks, Dustin. You That's got your East Coast Haw, your West Coast Haw, <laughs> and now I'm Midwest guy. Midwestern man. I think the problem is goes positive. You, you've got this whole East Coast West Coast rivalry going on in right. your head that it creates a big I need problem. A shoulder. Stop fighting, guys. All right, we've got uh, Trey Mancini. He'll join us next from Cubs Camp. It's Molly and Haw on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. The Cubs were a team the whole time that we thought would be a great fit for me. You know, I have a lot of Midwest roots and, and went to college nearby. And with the moves that we've made this offseason, you know, it's a really exciting team to play for moving forward. Deep drive to left off the bat of Trey Mancini. That ball is gone for a home run. Yeah, that's drill. Deep left field, Trey Mancini, bye-bye. You want to give the knowledge that you've gained from those before you and from playing. And I'm excited for us all to be in the same clubhouse and, and get it started. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We are happy to welcome in Trey Mancini. He joins us on the score hotline, which, of course, is brought to you by the fine folks at 
Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Trey, good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. Doing well. How about you? Oh, we're doing great, and we're uh, looking forward to watching some spring training. You guys are obviously winning everything, and now we get the double whammy of the White Sox and the Cubs playing. That's always fun here in Chicago. Um, how do you? How do you? What do you think about all the winning? I mean, I. I know it's irrelevant, it's exhibition season, but you got, what is it, nine straight wins if you count the Canada game? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, we've been um, yeah, playing really well lately. And um, like you said, it's spring training, but at the same time, you you know, if you're, you're playing a baseball game, you want to win. So, and it's always great to do that. So, um, yeah, it's been great to see. Trey, you had options, certainly. What was it about the Cubs that appealed the most uh, because mm-hmm. they have – you know, a, a team that was pretty young at the second half of last season, they had some success. They've added a lot of veterans. Was it that or what else was it that attracted you to Chicago? I think it was the whole package. I mean, um, you know, it being the Cubs, um, you know, that's a selling point in and of itself. Um, but, yeah, I, I took notice of all the moves that were being made in the off season, even before I signed um, or was even close to signing. Um, with anybody and and just noticed what the Cubs were doing and and it was really exciting and to be a part of that um, is so cool um, you know it was that and um, you know Jed and, and Carter believing in me and and um, you know giving me giving me a chance here and and um, you know I'm so excited to to be a part of it. So what do you view your role as? I mean we keep talking about you know we play the home run boy power that is a wonderful thing to have. You've always been a a good player throughout your career, Notre Dame guy, obviously connections in the Midwest and here in Chicago. Um, what What is your role exactly? Have they explained exactly how you're lining up? And maybe you wind up playing more right field than anyone imagined. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think the role is going to be, you know, what it has been basically my whole career is wherever I can, you know, fit in that day, I'll be there. Um, whether it's outfield first or, or DH, um, you know, it, it's, doesn't matter to me. Um, I just want to be in there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm good to do whatever and, and help the team out in any way that I possibly can. What's the key to getting the power stroke back, Trey, and not being somebody who pays so much attention to details of every swing and every at-bat without necessarily, you know, be, suffering paralysis by analysis? There's got to be a fine line there, and what's the key? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's um, you know, getting away from the paralysis by analysis, I think. Um, you know, everything we have at our disposal is amazing, all the video, everything like that. But, um, you know, I think sometimes a lot of us and, and me personally, we can overanalyze every little swing. And sometimes it's just as simple as if you didn't allow yourself to see the ball, you got ahead of yourself um, and got over aggressive. So it's just kind of changing the mindset of, of being patient. And if you have a bad at bat, just washing it and being ready for the next one. So, um, you know, I've caught myself especially the last couple of years after coming back from, from everything I went through, um, you know, trying to uh, just almost like trying too much, you know, like always searching and, and trying to make everything look perfect. And, um, you know, sometimes that's not the way to go. Sometimes you need to just like really go back to your roots, relax up at the plate and just kind of like, you know, for me, I just have to be up there standing kind of just hanging out, chilling. And then when I see a pitch, I like, I, I, you know, throw my hands at it. So um, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Trey, you know, you mentioned everything you went through, obviously uh, diagnosed with colon cancer in 2020 at the tender age of 27. I can't imagine what that 
must have been like. But you've uh, you've overcome that. You've had a, a scare that you got through again, and you look at where you're at in your career with that with the wisdom that comes with that sort of a diagnosis and treatment and all that you've been through. Do you feel like? I mean, you must you must feel like every season is a gift, like every game. You know, you just must have a different perspective than other people have. Um, yeah, I and and I can honestly say that, like, now. You know, it's really tough that first year after you finish. Um, you know, when I came back in 2021, um, you know, I was so appreciative to be back. But at the time, in the back of your mind, like, at the forefront, you're just thinking about, remaining healthy, hoping that it doesn't come back, things like that. So it was kind of a tough year on me as far as all the attention I was getting. And, and um, you know, all the dialogue for the most part was that it was all past me, everything like that. But in the back of my mind, um, you know, I was scared that it was going to come back. Um, you know, so as time goes on, it gets easier. Now that I'm three years out, um, you know, I think my perspective has certainly gotten um, even better with time and um, definitely feeling rejuvenated and like a new person, um, even this year. It's a and unique, I can truly say that. Yeah, it's a unique perspective to have in a baseball clubhouse, and yet you have a teammate who went through something similar in Jamison Tyone, cancer survivor in his own right. Just wonder if you have talked with him, and, and can you relate to each other in a way that we can't relate to because of what you have both had to endure? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think it takes going through something like that to to realize the full magnitude of it, and and um, you know the it, it's tough. And I I faced Jameson the last couple of years um, a, a really good amount, so it was always cool to get to face him, um, given everything that both of us had been through. Uh, it's definitely a special connection that you have with with other guys who have gone through something similar. It, it's um you know again when you go through something like this. Do you take care of yourself in a different way? Do you know what I mean? Does your perspective on your health shift? Do you have to watch everything you do? I mean, how how much has this, in a weird way, changed the way that you live? Um, I mean, you still have to live your life. You know, you can't um, go through every day kind of, you know, scared in a way. Um, right. But at the same time, I definitely watch, you know, especially eating processed things. Because um, the scary thing is, you know, for younger people, colon cancer rates have really increased, but we're not really sure why. So you want to try to control some things that you can control, which is, um, you know, when I'm eating, I try not to eat anything processed, things like that. Um, you know, just trying to make good, good health decisions. Um, but at the same time, you know, you still got to still got to live a little at times. All right, Trey, you know, you're coming to Chicago. So to a lot of people in town, you're going to be, oh, the Notre Dame guy for a while <laughs> because of your experience yeah, yeah. in South Bend. You're 90 miles away. Does that mean you have to get special uh, dispensation? Can you go to the spring game or, you know, certain Saturdays in, in all oh, seriousness? Man. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, yeah, the spring game. I forgot. I uh, we always were in season during that whenever I was in school. So I actually haven't been to one. I'm not sure, not sure if the schedule is going to, going to align, but if so, maybe I'll be able to pop over there, but um, no, it could be great being back in the Midwest. I, I loved my time there so much and being an hour and a half away from Chicago, I still have so many friends from college that live there. One of my sisters lives there. So it's so cool to, the, uh, be, to be playing for the Cubs. Well, that experience, though, playing in the Midwest during the cold month of April, when it typically isn't the same as it is in Florida, will that help your adjustment at all? Because you do have some experience playing in cold weather. 
I hope it does. Um, you know, I don't know if, if it, it's we're 10 years later from my last season at Notre Dame. So I'm hoping I still kind of uh, have some of that cold weather adjustment in me. Um, but yeah, it, I, I know how it is. Sometimes the winters can be long up there. Um, and I'm fully prepared for that because I, I played in that a lot in my time at Notre Dame. So you, you were in the World Series a year ago. I'm sure, you, you know, that was an interesting experience. You were struggling a little but you want to ring and that is the point of the whole thing. How do you how do you share that with your new teammates and how did the Cubs get to that position? Yeah, I mean we have quite a few guys who have been in the position of playing in World Series and winning World Series, which is um huge, you know, and and especially last year like you said, I I was struggling in the playoffs um and you know, wasn't feeling like myself at the plate, but at the same time, um, that doesn't matter. You know, you're in the World Series. There's something much bigger than your own personal struggles going on. And I can luckily look back and, and know that I had the perspective of, um, you know, even though I wasn't starting game five, I knew that I maybe was going to get in there at some point. I stayed ready. I didn't expect it to be on defense, but, um, you know, I went in there and, and was ready for the moment. Um, and you can't lose sight of that or lose trust in yourself. You got to know deep down that that you belong at this level. And, um, you know, doing that in the World Series is, um, you know, a great experience. And I think that's going to help me going forward. And, and hopefully I can pass that knowledge on to some of these guys too. You win a World Series, Dusty, Dusty Baker's your manager. He's the ultimate players guy. You came into the majors and Buck Showalter is your manager, known as a taskmaster. Right. What's David Ross? Is he somewhere in between? How would you describe <laughs> him in your short experience with the Cubs? <laughs> Um, I'd say Ross is definitely, I mean, a player's manager, but at the same time, he, he certainly um, expects all of us to play hard, play together. I mean, he's, he's the epitome of somebody that you want to play for, and, and I'm so lucky to get to do that and, and so excited to do that this year. Trey, thanks a ton. Appreciate your time. You know, we're all, we're all uh, cheering for you, uh, separate from, uh, from cheering for the Cubs. So God bless you. Thanks, Trey. All right, thank, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Great stuff. That's Trey Mancini. And, you know, as I remember when he was going through all that stuff. And you just – it's like one of those feel-good baseball stories, professional sports stories. Good dude, Notre Dame guy, you know, is drafted late, I think, in, into Baltimore, outplays his draft status. Just a guy that is a hardworking player. Yeah, easy to – Root yeah. for. It wasn't that long ago. Not at all. And so he uh, became available, two-year contract, going to be money well spent, and he'll get a lot more at-bats maybe early on than expected because of uh, Seiya Suzuki's absence. He can play right field. He can be your DH. He can play a corner if he needs to. He's versatile, and as we as we just heard, you know, he's a guy that you want in the clubhouse. He's, no a, he's a natural leader. Yeah, good man. All right, 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Thank God it's Friday. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. And a lot of texters seem upset that we did not ask Trey Mancini the question we included today in the pick six. What's that? Does Nick Madrigal get extra pumped up for these guys? <laughs> Nobody asked that question. Nobody texted that <laughs> no, response, did no, they? No, I, I've, I'm having fun. Okay. But we did ask that question. We did, yeah. And we didn't really answer it. Well, I, that was kind of facetious. Oh. You know, it okay. was kind of facetious, okay. right? 
I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, it was funny. It, that's what I mean. Funny, I wonder, facetious, whatever. Okay, but I wonder if uh, Nick Madrigal does get pumped up for these games. When if, if Nick Madrigal is playing the White Sox or the Marlins or the Mets, he better get it pumped up for whoever the opponent is. He doesn't have the luxury of picking his spots. He has to be pumped up to make the team yes, every he does. day. Right? Yeah. Is that fair? That's why he's playing third base. That's yeah. why he is – doing whatever is asked because he knows where his career is at. It's at a crossroads. Okay. So that may help him get motivated for this afternoon. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we've got that this afternoon. We've got Northwestern at 530 against Penn State. Yes. Got the Big Ten basketball tournament all weekend at the United Center. But when we come back here on Monday morning. Free agency. Yes. That's something we cannot overlook, and I know we won't. It's the legal tampering period. You can't really do anything, but you can start negotiating, right? If you start negotiation, you can end negotiation, right? That's that's really what it means. So what's your number? Okay, you got it. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that in those first six hours, typically you do see some activity in reports of agreements. Oh, yeah. So we're going to come in here at 530 Monday morning, and the Bears may already have – an offensive lineman in the fold. Okay, how many? I think just one in the no, first five hours. Okay, not how many offensive linemen, oh. how many players? The first day. How many? One. I think. One a day? <laughs> well. They got a lot of money, and there are a lot of players out there, and they need to improve. You would think that they've got to get, and I'm just talking about the numbers game. You would think that they've got to you know, get more than a handful of players. I'm talking maybe as many as seven. You want, to know, you want me to put a number on free agent hall yes, next yes, week? Yes. Okay, by the end of the week, by the end of free agency, okay. maybe not the end of next week, but let's just look at realistically. I think they're going to likely sign two offensive linemen, okay. one big ticket item, one affordable okay. option. I think they're going to sign a linebacker. Okay. Bobby Okereke from the Colts, I think, could be coming to Chicago. Sounds he's going good. to be a – he's a really good player. Yep. They're going to sign a defensive lineman, four. Okay. Okay, so that's – that's, yep. and then I think they're going to sign a weapon to be named later. Okay. Wide receiver who could be a number three guy, a fit-in uh, guy, or possibly a running back, possibly not named David Montgomery, if somebody who gives them some depth or gives them some versatility. David Montgomery is entering a free agent marketplace that is in his – is conducive to him getting a big payday. Because a lot of guys are tagged. What is a big payday for a, a North of ten? Montgomery? North of ten a year? Possibly. Wow. I don't know. I mean, that's what he's going to be asking for, don't you think? That's uh, what the franchise tag la- label is. I know, but I, I think okay, that that's he exaggerated. Maybe, maybe that's what he would want. Yeah. Realistically, he's between six and eight. Okay. Maybe he comes back to the Bears. So I, I, if it's six to eight, he's not coming back to the Bears, right? Probably not. That's what I mean. So they, they might go. They may go running back. You know who was on the Twitter machine? I think that raised some eyebrows or opened some eyes. Was it McCole Hardman who uh, tweeted at Justin Fields and said uh, big eyes? Or how do you interpret that, Brandon Fryer? Gave him the the eye look like he's watching him. So. Okay, he's watching he has him. a lot of Chicago connections. I think his girlfriend is from Chicago. I like as well. that. So would you take him? Wouldn't he add you a weapon? For receiver, yeah. So that's a weapon. So I'm, th- I'm thinking five, Molly. I think five contributors during you know free agency. Because, because you, you know, you get five guys that are I – don't, I don't like the word contributor. I think they're starters. And I think that then you get into your draft season and then you 
make it all up at the end of it with a bunch Again, of undrafted guys. to get where you want to go. Or guys that are on the free agent market that didn't get the deal. Exactly. To yeah. sustain success, though, what do you have to be? Draft-driven. Find me a general manager who says we want to be free agent-driven, and I'll show you somebody who's about to be unemployed. I totally agree with that. I also think that getting the extra seventh-round pick is like a little gift. What the hell's wrong with that? They they signed a bunch of free agents last year. Now they get to draft another guy. They yeah. they dominated the seventh round a year ago. Why not do it again? That's a gift like getting oven mitts for Christmas. Though. That's a good gift. Come on. You ever need an oven mitt? You, ever you do. Burn? You do. Look at me. I'm wearing you, a bandage you, you, right here. It may because it may, I didn't have an oven mitt. It may save you on on some Sunday for dinner when you might be. Oh well, I need an oven mitt. Oh my God. But it's not something you go out and you think. Oh gosh, I'm so glad I have this. It's, it's not something you again, seek or want or crave. That's why it's a great gift. <laughs> Because you get it, and you're like, oh, this nonsense, and you hang it up there, and then instead of burning your hand like I did, yeah, you I know. put the bloody oven whining on. about that all week. This, listen, I, I burned the hell out of my hand, and the problem is, like, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but, like, <laughs> as a right-handed person, I open a doorknob, and I'm like, oh! You know, Ouch! I reach in my pocket, yeah. ow! Oh, where am I keeping it's, it's an underrated... Injury. It's a ridiculous. It it's a ridiculous thing to let get infected. So I think so the oven mitt is kind of with you in mind there. I apologize to me for having not only burned myself. My son's like, well, "What's wrong with your hand? It looks awful." And I'm like, "Yeah, I burned it. I was making that chicken the other day." And he's like, "Oh, so it's my fault." <laughs> I'm like, I'm like did, "Did I say that? Did I say it was your fault?" But it's one of those and things. Then I thought, you know what? It really is his fault. It lingers all week, right? It's been lingering. And nobody can really quite yeah. relate to the pain you're going through. Kind of like a canker sore. No one understands. Nobody can see it. It's like a canker sore. <laughs> it really is. I got a canker sore on my hand, <laughs> which really should scare the you hell out of everyone. You need a good oven mitt. And with the yeah. 258th yeah. overall selection, the, the Bears select <laughs> an oven mitt. Let's hope so. Get that quarterback you've been dreaming of. Well, I think by then, maybe they right? already have Isn't that, that guy. Your Brock, uh, Brock Purdy went 262nd. If go. the Bears pick a quarterback at 258, I hope it's a athletic quarterback. I hope it's stylistically like Justin Fields, and I hope he's somebody who comes with a college resume that is impressive. Maybe they'll sign that Georgia quarterback. Stetson Bennett? I'm just kidding, but maybe we should uh, – Stetson Bennett be a good name for a country singer, in my opinion. It would be great. He's got the ideal name for a country singer. Now, it's not quite like Dirks Bentley. Now, that's a country singer. Right now, be the sixth caller to the scores contest line, 312-540-0670. You can win a pair of tickets to see Dirk Bentley. Maybe he'll introduce a Stetson Bennett. He will have a special guest, Jordan Davis, and they'll have Tyler Braden with him as well. Saturday, July 8th, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets at LiveNation.com, 312-540-0670. They all sound like professional athletes. I love it. It's Molly and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score.